Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. We're using the more serious music because this show, we're really digging down deep into our souls. And I'm also trying to make the intro sound a little bit better. I don't know if you can tell, I'm trying to put a little bit more bass into my voice. And maybe that won't make me sound as much as like a nervous third grader. Coming up on this episode, this is our 10th episode. So this is kind of a big episode for us. We're going to be... Really, I think the basic theme is going to be secrets because we're going to have a special guest on, a professional dominatrix, Miss Elena DeLuca, and she has some really interesting stories, as you can imagine, but she also talks about how there's a lot of people that hide themselves from the world, and I'm one of them. I think that just about everybody has at least at least three secrets that they would take with them to their graves. And I'm not talking about like you killed somebody and dumped their body in a lake or something like that, but just three things that they would never tell anybody. And at least five things that only very, very few people know. I'm going to tell you one of mine. So I don't know how I got this, but I have always had a massive phobia of small metal things, like deathly afraid of small metal things. And only, only very few people, I think, know that. But I cannot stand to have loose change in my hand. I can't look at it. It produces like a gag reflex in me, and I start feeling sick like I'm going to throw up. And up until now, I have really tried to hide that from people. Now it's pretty much just out there, and I feel no different whatsoever. So I guess that makes me wonder, is it fine to have a couple of secrets that you're going to take with you to your grave, or are these things that you should put out there? Because I don't think it's a really a good thing to keep things bottled up inside of you, but I also think that there are definitely some things that you just shouldn't tell other people. You should keep that to yourself. Coming up on this episode, not only are we going to be talking with professional dominatrix Miss Elena Del Luca, but a couple, we're also going to be talking to John Shaw. He is going to say some things that basically are going to offend everyone. And then we're going to do top 10 names where you immediately feel like you know everything about that person. Like you hear this name and you just, 
you can imagine that person and you already know exactly what they're going to be like. A couple of housekeeping things real quick before we get to our first guest. That's we're splitting this. We're, the podcast is starting to get a little bit longer. So we're going to be splitting it up into chapters and in the description, you can see what time different chapters are going to be starting. So let's go ahead and get to our first guest. How did you get into this? I had a roommate whose girlfriend was a dominatrix. And uh, I happened to be out of work. And I was looking for something, you know, to get me through. And it was kind of a suggestion of like, well, you could give this a try. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't know what to do or what to say. And then I got curious enough and I found an ad where they were like, oh, we will train you and we have clothes you can borrow. And I was like, well, those are my two holdouts. So I decided to just give it a shot. And then once I got in there, I realized, like, my whole life, I hadn't really had a lot of exposure to BDSM. Like, I always thought that the way I handled my sex life was vanilla until I became a pro-dom. And I'm like, oh, this is, there are names for the things I'm doing. <laughs> this isn't just something that everyone does. What was that first time like? I just could imagine kind of being, what's what's going on here? Uh, I always kind of compare my first day at the dungeon as falling down the rabbit hole. You know, it was like all of a sudden the world was upside down, but everything made sense. Why, why did it make sense? I mean, how? what was it about it? It just felt right. Everything just sort of like, it sort of put the pieces together in my life. It, it was like, I didn't realize things had been missing. Was this stuff that you were kind of doing in your personal life? You just didn't realize it had like official names and things like that? Yeah. I uh, I was always a very dominant person, and I kind of was always dominating the men that I was dating. Now that you've, you've been doing it for, what, about 10 years now? Yeah, I have a decade under my belt. Is this something that a, a lot more people are into than you would necessarily think? I think it's now that it's become more, more uh, mainstream, it's become more popular people feel freer to try it and so more people are into it now than what you would have thought before um but i don't think that um it's necessarily like i mean would it be fair to say it's not necessarily common but also not uncommon yeah i think that's a good way to put it is this a full-time job this is my career um i am fully a dominatrix i am a kink educator and i um, also a content producer. How, like how much money and necessarily... I mean, I... <laughs> I mean, I won't go into specifics, but I'll say that I I live a comfortable life. I mean, is it mostly men? Is it mostly women that, that are your clientele? Mostly men. Why is that? Honestly, that's something that a lot of us have always wondered. Um, I guess women would prefer to see someone else, maybe. Are they usually like powerful men? Men who are generally in control throughout the rest of their life? Yeah, it's actually, you would think that, and that's an often a, a, assumption, but I think it really runs the gamut, all types. They call it a session, correct? Is that is that the right word? Uh, yes. Like, what is a typical session? What happens? How does it work? All those kind of things. There's no such thing as a typical session, is the first thing. Every session is different. Every session is based on that person's interest and where they meet with my interest, our mutual chemistry, uh, our mutual moods that day. I don't do scripts or checklists. It's all a very organic flow. But you're basically, you kind of lead them through it, essentially. Is that how that works? Or Yes, I am in control. Is there kind of a common request that people have or anything like that? 
You know, I wish I could say there was, but nope. <laughs> have you ever had somebody, though, been, have you, or ask for something that you're like, whoa, I have never, that is different? Oh, yeah. That's every time you think you've seen or heard it all, somebody finds a new way to invent the wheel. Like, there is always. <laughs> Every time you're like, I swear, I've seen it all, then somebody will come up with something that you're just like, all right, that, that's new. That's definitely not something I've ever thought of before. When that happens, do you generally kind of go for it, or are you hesitant, or how does that work? It depends on what it is. If it's something that's safe um, and sounds like it'd be entertaining to me, then yes. Can you give me an example of something? It's hard to say also because it's weird being in this industry, what seems totally like crazy and out of whack to me might be like Tuesday to you but what seems totally crazy and out of whack to you is like Tuesday to me yeah yeah um, <laughs> so it's funny because like things that are totally normal every day to me are often the things that people are like what somebody does that and then the things that are totally throw me usually people are like that's just a little odd right everyone wants to know what's the craziest what's the weirdest and that's the question we can never answer I guess I've always kind of thought that as long as you're not hurting somebody against their will, however you get down is how you get down. So long as it's something that the person wants and it's something I'm comfortable with and I am excited to do, then there's nothing wrong with it. What's your daily life like in the sense that you meet one of your clients at the grocery store or something? Is that awkward? Is that um, completely normal? or? It's, it's something that uh, does happen, running into people outside, but it's something that doesn't happen too often because most people discretion is very important and so they don't want to be they don't want to be the ones discovered sometimes i'll get like an email like i saw you today at the beach and i'm like this is very that call is coming from inside the house i wish you would have come over and said hello <laughs> is that because the clients necessarily are maybe a little ashamed of it or because they just want to keep it secret or why aren't people more just like, yeah, this is this is my professional society. dominatrix. It, it's society. There's a lot of stigma. Um, people who don't do this often really don't understand it, are often disgusted by it, um, think that people who are into BDSM are sick or dangerous. Where do you think that comes from? You know, the religious morality that we put on things, you know. Um, also, mainstream media has never been great about how they portray the sex industry um i feel like especially when it comes to kink and bdsm um it's always portrayed in this light of like only like weirdos would do this and so it helps perpetuate that i know this is kind of like a really broad generic question but would you say that most of the people that you that are in your industry and that are clients of your industry would they be quote-unquote normal people in real life or are you ever kind of like this person is really strange i mean i'd say honestly that's the one generalization i'd be able to make about people that are into kink and bdsm professional or not is that yes majority are normal people just like anything else in life but some of that stuff like i just i don't i don't understand it like the the cigarettes and the you know stepping on people i it's not that i'm I have an opinion if it's good or bad or anything like that. Like, I just don't get it. And that's a perfectly normal stance for an outsider to take. Um, and that's why I, I do. Um, I am a kink educator. I, I try to help 
work to, you know, give exposure to people that haven't had exposure to help with the understanding. Um, a lot of times the things that people often can't get is people that enjoy pain. Well, pain is processed in the same part of your brain as pleasure. It's, it's very, very closely related in how our nerves take it and how our brain receives it. Do you ever feel almost oversexed? I mean, obviously you have a personal life and then you work in this industry at the same time. Is, does it ever get overwhelming to you? Well, one as a professional dominatrix, I don't partake in any sex acts, but I mean, and some do, and that's their choice. I personally don't. Um, a majority of us don't um, do that in live sessions. I would say no, I don't ever like, because to be in this industry, it has to be, you know, it's something that I enjoy because this does match my interests. Do you generally kind of date within that community or have you ever had a significant other and you told them that you did this and they had a certain kind of reaction? I don't necessarily aim to date within or without of this. I'm pretty open-minded about who I date. Um, I don't tend to date submissive men um, because as much as I, I love my submissives, um, I, a fellow Dom once said to me, um, she was like, I don't, you know, I don't date submissives because it's like, I love them the way I love my dog. Like, I love my dog, and I would be lost without him. He is my world. Like, I truly care for him and love him, but I'm not attracted to him. Um, so I I get excited um, by people submitting to me, but I only date men that are um, not necessarily dominant, because I don't want someone who's going to try and dominate me, but I want someone who's strong-willed and is a uh, strong... Um, personality and uh, not submissive. I was kind of looking at different websites and things like that. I was surprised by how kind of official it is in the sense that there's business hours, there's locations. Like, this seems really very well regulated. Is that surprising to you too, or do I just not know very much about this? You know, a lot of people on the outside are very surprised by that, but yeah, we run this just like any other business. Anyone who doesn't get into sex work and run it like a business isn't going to do well in sex work. Like, how does, when you end a session, and let's say you've been putting a cigarette out on somebody or anything like that, like, what happens after that? Do you guys just you kind of shake hands and go your separate ways? Is that awkward, or? Well, aftercare is very important. Um, a lot of people find that it's important to leave, like, time at the end of your session to, like, take care of your submissive. Make sure that, like, they're okay. Check in mentally, check in physically, physical things like if I burn them I clean their wounds I make sure they're not going to get an infection or anything you know things like that are generally what happens at the end of the session you know you'd have a session and then that person would just go back to work I mean that seems I don't know that that seems that's interesting to me I guess some people you know go on with their day other people you know go home and relax you know varies by the person is that kind of a dumb question on my part. Oh, no. I mean, for someone who doesn't know, it's totally normal to ask. Now, you teach classes and stuff as well, right? Mm-hmm. But now, did you get into that from more of a business perspective or more like, I want to educate other people about this? It was actually somebody asked me one day, they're like, you're really knowledgeable about role play. Could you teach a class? And I was like, crap, I've never taught anything before. Uh, <laughs> So I, I joked, I was like, I don't know who thinks I'm good enough at my job that I should be telling other people how to do it. Um, but actually, I taught the class, and it went really well. And uh, everybody loved it, and I started getting asked 
teach the class at other places. So then I, I started working on like, was like, well, if I'm doing well with this, like people are really excited and really receiving it well. And I, I felt like I was helping, you know, people actually understand this world and I was helping them be better at it and be safer. The safety factor, is it, why, why is that an issue? Because a lot of what we do is dangerous if done wrong, uh, especially things that are physical um, and a lot of it mental. Uh, you can really, you know, mentally abuse or break someone if you're not careful uh, with your wording or how they react to things. Um, so it's, it's very important to be very gentle with your with someone that's bottoming to you because you don't want to give somebody PTSD. You don't want to give them nerve damage. You don't want to accidentally remove something. You know, you don't want to break something. Ten years ago when you started, I mean, that was... I don't think it actually probably was, but it feels like it was to me at least. That before the internet, I mean, how did you? How did people find you? How did you find people? Well, ten years ago, uh, luckily for me, it was not before the internet. No, I guess uh, it wasn't. Was it? <laughs> no, the, the late two thousands was. What a time to be alive! Yeah, <laughs> but I do know mistresses that have been active for twenty and thirty years, and. Uh, back then they did everything with magazines and mail and they're like yeah they would write you a letter uh, from an ad they saw in a magazine like it was things like that it was very word of mouth Um, but I I just to say I've I've never felt unsafe when you first started out and maybe even to this day friends and family have they been supportive of it have they questioned what's that been like Uh, there's you know there's always the confusion and the the questioning at first because you know I grew up in a Catholic family that obviously didn't have much uh, experience with this. Um, my dad thought it was pretty funny, but had no clue actually how it worked. Um, like my little sister totally was like, "No, I get it. It's like a stripper." And it was, and I just was like, "Oh God!" I'm like, "This is why I prefer you ask questions instead of just pretending you know what you're talking about." <laughs> there were a lot of things where my, my dad was like, well, there's, like, sex involved, right? And I'm like, no, you guys have been watching too much TV. Um, this is why I find education is so important. That I'm always open to help talk to people and explain things because the more education we have out there, um, the less stigma I think that I feel that there will be. My family is like, oh, we don't always get you. My mom sometimes is just like, I don't know if I was asleep at the wheel with you. Like, even before I was a dom, she used to say that. She's like, we are so not the same person. Like, I don't know who raised you. <laughs> you know, so she doesn't always understand, but she's like, oh, I mean, as long as it's okay, as long as you're happy, as long as you're safe. I mean, if some, you're sitting next to somebody on a plane and they ask, you know, like, what do you do? I'm a banker. And they ask you, what do you do? I mean, will you tell them or? Uh, it depends on the situation. If I, if I feel like I want to, you know, talk about it, then... I, I might, but sometimes, you know, people just, a lot of times, it's a lot of questions, so it's a lot of emotional labor, so sometimes I'll just, you know, let them know, I'm like, I do film production, and I won't say what, you know, actually, I won't tell them the content, but I'll just keep it easy if I don't feel like talking to someone. I would imagine when you do, there's usually a follow-up question. Oh, yes, there's usually a lot of follow-up questions. Are people jerks about it, or are they just generally curious? For the most part, people are generally just curious. Some people are jerks about it, um, but for the most part, you know, some people start treating you like you're a circus freak, like, 
now they just got to know everything and you're no longer a person. We have my friends that are afraid of being a carnival ride. Is it more widespread than you th- than than maybe people would necessarily think it is? So many people do keep this in the closet because there is still so much stigma. People lose their jobs over this. People lose their children and their spouses over this. So it's still something a lot of people are afraid to be out about. What would you say to somebody that maybe feels that way? Depending on the situation they're in, I always try to encourage people to find a way to feel comfortable with themselves and be able to be as out as they can. But some people, it's just not an option. Is, is there any kind of your videos that are more, much more popular than other ones or anything like that? What sells the most is um, POV videos, which is point of view, where I'm talking at the camera as though you, I, I'm talking directly to you. People love the idea of being there and serving me directly. But on other stores, uh, what sells more is more corporal punishment for me. Um, and then on other stores, it's about um, more sensual things and fetish-related. Is there parts of the country that are kind of more into it than others? My favorite thing to joke around at parties is that I'm really big in Belgium. I, like, Belgium pays my rent. Like, <laughs> I'm always just like, I feel very David Hasselhoff. Like, I'm huge in Belgium. <laughs> That's really... Why Belgium? No idea. I, I also tend to do well in Italy, and I think it's because of my Italian last name and my Italian background. Oh. Um, and in the Bible Belt, I do well. I feel like they're probably kind of repressed. Yeah. <laughs> so you're based in New York, but you do a lot of touring as well, right? Yeah, so I'm going on a month-long 11-city tour. I, um, I'm based in New York, and I'll be here until then, and I'll be here after then, but... Uh, September 25th to the 27th, and then again on the 29th, I'll be in L.A. On the 28th, though, I'll be in San Diego, Uh, and then I'm heading over to Dallas from the 30th until October 2nd, and then I'm heading to New Orleans for the DomCon uh, Domination Convention, Um, so I'll be in New Orleans from the 3rd to the 7th, I am then heading back to Texas, and I'll be in Austin, from the 10th to the 12th. I'll be in San Antonio from the 12th to the 14th. I'll be in Houston from the 14th to the 15th. Then I'm flying up to Chicago. I'll be there from the 16th to the 17th. I'll be in St. Louis from the 17th to the 18th, taking a few days off. And then I'll be in Nashville uh, from the 21st to the 23rd. And then I'll be in D.C. from the 23rd to the 25th. That travel schedule sounds like some sadomasochism right there. <laughs> I know. Most, some of my friends are like, so you're just going for death. That's ridiculous, dude. <laughs> How did you even end up booking that? Did you not, like, realize all those dates are right well, next to each other? Or was it just... It was kind of a domino effect. I'm also, like, accepting sessions with other mistresses while I'm on the road. So, like, when I'm in L.A., I'll be with Miss Hannah Hunt, Miss Betty Bondage, um, just in full pleasure... When I'm in San Diego, I'm gonna be at um, I'm gonna be at Domino Porcelain Space, so I'm gonna be taking double with her at the the Midnight Manor. Who has the best dominatrix name? Because some of those names sounded amazing. I prefer I I think it's better to have a name that you know just sounds like a regular name. Um, I find it I think it's better at least for my personal advertising. Betty Bondage, Hannah Hunt, Simple Pleasure. Um, Porcelain Midnight, Mia Dark, uh, Neris Michelle, 
Porcelain Midnight. That one to me jumps out like that's a really cool name. That sounds pretty oh, cool. Oh yeah, and she's she has beautiful pale alabaster skin and gorgeous dark shiny black hair. These questions are kind of dumb, but we ask everybody: Do you consider the hot dog to be a sandwich? I do not. Do you consider the thumb to be a finger? I do. See, I don't feel like it is. I feel like it's its own thing, but nobody has agreed with me yet. It's a finger. It's just a differently placed finger, but it's still really the same as the others. It just comes in from the angle. That's a good point. You may you may have convinced me. <laughs> this is the last... I can't believe all these other people. No one thought about that. <laughs> no, nobody did. They usually just say no and then kind of hang up. But... Um, you put something in the microwave, it comes out and it's cold. You put it back in the microwave. When it comes back out, is it just right, still cold, or boiling lava hot? I don't own a microwave. <laughs> so I'm just going to guess that it depends on how much you overestimated how much longer it needs. No one has ever said it's just right. It's like it's usually cold. Or it comes out and I it's just like blading. I feel like it's never going to be just right when you're working with a microwave because you really don't know what you're going to get. If somebody's looking to, to, to find a dominatrix or something like that, is there something that they should look for in them to make sure that they're not putting themselves in danger? Oh, yeah. They should. I believe in heavily researching your doms. Um, check out her website, her social media, um, or their their website, their social media um look for reviews on them, look for their presence on the internet. It's a great idea to be able to see mistresses that do video and such because then you can see what they're actually like when they're playing. I joke my videos are like session commercials, you know. Um, But I think you should definitely like follow their social media for a while. Um, Get to know them as a person. Make sure that they seem like something that's going to fit you and don't just like you know, look at it at and be like, this girl's pretty, I'm going to call her, and completely ignore the fact that you have entirely different interests than her. If somebody hears this and they want to contact you, what should they do? I advise them to go to my website and read it carefully, take in every word of it, and if they still feel that we are a good match, then they, you know, if they're, they want to see me, they can call me to book an appointment or if they're still curious about things then they recommend buying my videos or calling me on one of my phone domination lines and actually having a conversation with me. I want to thank Miss Elena DeLuca for coming on. I found myself going, huh, a lot during that interview. Not not in a judgmental way, just in the sense that I did not know about a lot of those things. And like she mentioned, I'm sure that some of the things that her clients do are completely normal to them. And some of the things that quote-unquote regular people do are probably very strange to them. If you want to catch up on any of her tour dates, you can find her through our social media accounts. That's probably the easiest way to do it because we're going to link to her. So check those out and you can find all of her tour dates, all of her information through there. Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and call John. He says he's really busy this week, so let's see if he does this old restaurant thing or if he just gets right down to business. Even though he says he's really busy, I'm sure he doesn't go right down to business and says restaurant. I messed up. I messed up. I don't know how to put it on speakerphone. Uh... What did you say? 
as a Captain D's. I thought that you're really busy and that you have work to do and all this kind of stuff, and now you're messing around. Or the Captain J's. I don't remember. It's Captain D's. It is Captain D's. Our new sponsor right here. Are you having a busy week? I'm I'm having a busy month. Because of the baby or just because everything's coming together? Just everything's coming together. It's uh, been a busy work month. It's the, the baby's peeking her little head out. She'll be here before we know it. And... You sound worn down. <laughs> I sound like a defeated man. You do. You sound broken emotionally, physically, and mentally. <laughs> well, you know, that that's probably a very accurate statement. Do you have any secrets that you would take to your grave? Like something you would never tell anybody? I do. Do you? No. I have some things that I would tell very, very few people, but nothing that I haven't ever told anyone. Uh, I I think there's two things that I have not told another soul yet. I'm not saying I won't if the situation occurs to where I, you know, say it or whatever but because you're embarrassed about them or because you just don't know you don't want somebody to know uh you know i I just don't think it's i I don't think anyone needs to know can you tell us right (laughs) do you want to tell us right now uh no not at all the reason that i asked this is i don't know if you knew this but we interviewed our guest for the week as a professional dominatrix she said that she has a lot of clients that are very, very discretionary, and they don't want people to find this out. So I was just wondering, does everybody, you think, have a couple of things that they tell no one at all? I think most people uh, don't disclose a lot. I, I think I would say like 15% of, of your life, I think people don't disclose to others for various reasons. Yeah, I don't know if I would go 15% or if I would go higher or lower. If you said 50, I wouldn't argue with you. If you said 5, I wouldn't argue with you. I, I got to tell you, I didn't get a chance to watch any football. This is this is no lie. Uh, uh, over the weekend. The only, the only game that I happened to see a quick highlight of was the Seattle Seahawks game. And what was one of the clips I saw? Sebastian yeah. fucking Janikowski. The best player in the league, really. I mean, you're right. He he does set the bar for uh, like a physical standard, and probably he's probably intellectual. I mean, the NFL should really just name it the the Sebastian Janikowski National Football League. The SFL, Sebastian, oh, like the S Sebastian S J F the S. Oh boy! <laughs> I know this is getting pretty. This wasn't this, this wasn't going well. It wasn't not go- a math major, folks. <laughs> The SJFL, Sebastian Janikowski Football League. Now it is time for the tip of the week. John Shaw is here with the tip of the week. His ideas are so big you can only handle the tip. So here he is with just the tip of the week. tell you so the wife and i had our first baby class last night which would be monday how do you feel about uh, a woman giving birth 
beautiful or you'd rather just turn your head and just have it come out and, and go, you know, move on past the actual birthing part? The only piece of advice I really got from friends, and as a person that has a child, it is a beautiful experience, but I did nothing but stare into my wife's eyes. But I've heard like 50-50, like some guys are all about it. And then there's other guys like you that would rather look into their wife's eyes and be supportive that way than, you know, get down there with their cell phone and live stream it. No matter what happens, I think that the birth of a child is a wonderful and beautiful experience that is life-changing. I don't know if it's something you necessarily want to kind of put your face in. Okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll move on from that for a second. Well, I usually go against everything you say, so you gonna be down there with your you gonna be down there with your camcorder. Well, uh, you know what I was thinking of, and, and which has been uh, you know told to me uh, or suggested to me by someone that I you know I count on for advice is that I should get like one of those uh, hiking headlamps. Turn that on, like the LED headlamps. Have that on, and just live stream it, and then start mocking her. So every time she makes a noise, like I make a noise, and see how that works out for me. I feel like that's probably the worst I the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> that would truly be just a traumatic experience for everyone in the room. You, your wife, the doctors, your other family members. <laughs> so. Okay. So go ahead and do it and report back to us. Uh, yeah, my tip of the week is if you're if you're going to a labor class, don't start mocking and laughing at everything the instructor says because the other men in the class will laugh, but all the women will hate you. What did you say? Why do you not know these things already? I mean, it wasn't. It was probably like a dozen times where, like, I would snicker. Or like there would, you know, she'd be like, and here is how, <laughs> how a baby comes down the birthing canal. I mean, maybe it's all like in the presentation by our instructor, but I couldn't help chuckle sometimes. And then, you know, I chuckle, then another guy, I hear him snicker, you know, and then I look around and all the women are looking at me like, well, <laughs> you are a gigantic asshole. Did you, did you get yelled at when you got home? Uh, no, I, I got yelled at before, uh, during my first break. Straight up yelling or, like, pulled you outside? Was it face-to-face or was it walking away yelled at? Oh, no, it was like, you know, we were sitting down on, like, this little, I don't know, like, couch-esque type thing. And she just looked over at me and she says, you know, you're not very funny. And I'm going to need you to be there and be supportive for me. So then I naturally have a comeback and I say... We're, we're almost eight months pregnant. If you don't know where the baby comes from by now, you're dumb. God, dude. I know, I know. I fucked up. I fucked like, up. Why do you not know this? You can't do that. You've She's got... not emotional. Pregnant women aren't emotional at eight months. I don't care what they say. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to, as a father, during this process, whatever your first instinct is, You've got to crush that immediately. Whatever you want to say, you've got to crush it. You can't say that stuff. I can't do it. I 
I can't do it. You know, I just. Yeah, is that your tip? Your your tip of the week is basically don't laugh at Lamaze class. <laughs> can I get one more? Can I get one more example? Yes, yes, yes. So at the end, at the end, first off, you sit through this fucking thing for two hours, and then at the end, they're like, "Okay, ladies, lay on your side, and you know, and, and partners get behind them and start rubbing their neck and their back." So then I proceed to go. All I'm doing is giving her a fucking neck rub. Like, why don't I get a neck rub? How is this fair? God, you're blowing it. You're ruining the most. You're ruining the most spectacular time in her life. Are you ready for this top ten? I am. I guess. I feel like I. I I don't know it though. So this is going to be the top ten people's names that you immediately have a certain opinion based solely on their name. The name alone, and you're like, oh my gosh, I already know who this person is. But my first one, I'll go ahead and start it off, is Tiffany. Tiffany, to me, immediately, I'm anticipating somebody that's going to be a little bit crazy. (laughs) Like good time crazy, or like you're going to regret it in the morning crazy? Both. It's going to be a good time, and then you're going to regret it later on. All right, that's fair. Uh, I will throw out uh, Dwayne, except for The Rock. However, every other Dwayne that I've ever met is usually a mentally incapacitated person who doesn't know their own name and will run to the other end of the basketball gym to shoot a basket in the other team's net. Dwayne, generally, I'm picturing somebody... That has a lack of culture, shall we say? Especially, it, it it really depends on how hard that E in Dwayne is hit. If there's an E, because if you're like Dwayne, man, now nah, you're fucked. Yeah, you're in trouble. That's that's an immediate red flag. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna go with any guy that has a traditional name but is slightly different, that is five letters. I'm talking about your Derricks, your Lances, your Gavins. I, well, that's way too gen- that's, that's too generic, I feel. Okay, then I'm just going to go with Derek, Gavin, and Lance. Any five-letter name like that, that's going to be a person that, like, I know who you are, you're way too hipster, you're sewing in a coffee shop, stop it. <laughs> let me, all right, let me piggyback on that and so you have Tucker, yes. Kyle, Kyle, Andrew, and Eric. The only one I would disagree with is Eric. I've known some decent Erics. Okay. I mean, hey, touche. You know, that's why it's your top and my top. I'm going to go with anybody who has a shortenable name but goes by the full name version of it. I'm not Nick, I'm Nicholas. I'm not John, I'm Jonathan. And makes a point of correcting you when you shorten it up. See, I, I don't I don't have an issue with that. I think that's personal preference. And I think it's like a formality. It's like a formal thing. I, I don't... Listen, Bobby is a lot cooler than Robert. Like, hey, Bobby, no, I'm sorry, call me Robert, please. But, like, maybe he only wants his friends or his family to call him Bobby. Maybe when he's... At his work, he likes to be called Robert because it's more formal. I'm just saying that Bobby's a cool dude, and Robert's probably a dick. <laughs> we can agree on that. 
That's fair to say. And there's other examples of that, too. Like? I can't think of any. <laughs> All right, I'll bail you out. Uh, anybody whose name has an apostrophe in it. I don't know anybody that whose name has an apostrophe in it. Uh, like, for instance, when I lived in Florida, I knew a guy, his name was Yosef McEnroe. Oh, I hate that. I I don't even know who he is, but I hate him. I can actually immediately picture what Yosef McEnroe looks like. It was J O apostrophe S E F E, and he was he was Caucasian. He was born in America, but you had to say it, Joseph. Yeah, I don't appreciate that. Like if you've got if your name is commonly spelled one way, and you're gonna try to fancy it up by spelling it a different way, no. You kind of hit on mine, but I'll just hit on it a little bit. Or mine will hit on yours. And I'm going to go with anybody that has a common name that spells it differently. You immediately know that you're getting into something. That person thinks that just because they spell their name differently that they should be treated differently. And everybody's got to put up with that crap. That's a group of people that should be thrown into a dumpster and thrown into the river. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> I hope they escape eventually. But they should they should be warned in some way or not. Anyways, uh, I have people's names, uh, particularly celebrity names, that make no goddamn sense. Yeah, I agree. Like, like naming your child Star. You're naming them after, like, concepts? Or like, hey, I'm going to name my kid Dungledore Big Dick. <laughs> like, it, like, it makes no sense. Like, you're lucky you're, you're a celebrity because if you were a normal person... Like you're setting that kid up to be getting picked on the rest of his or rest of his or her natural life. I really hope that there's nobody that has tried to like copy a celebrity name, because that's just you can't do that. You can't. If you're famous and we're talking like A-list famous, you can kind of name your kid something like that. I get it, all right. But you can't do that if you're working at taco shop. I mean, that's exactly what I, like what I mean. You can't name, you know, you can't be like, oh, hey, here's Robert and Corey and Kayla and Barney Flubberneck. These are the worst names. (laughs) (laughs) Who's Barney Flubberneck? Yeah, I I don't know where any of that came from. Well, Flubber came from a movie a long time ago. Well, Barney was the dinosaur. R.I.P., R.I.P. Is he dead? I think Barney, I think they sent his ass back to wherever he came from a long time ago. He's extinct, huh? I didn't know that. I didn't know. He did. Um, I have anybody who's named after things in nature. I don't appreciate. Like bird? River, stream, (laughs) forest. You can't name your kid forest. Not not just because of the movie Forrest Gump. Dusk. (laughs) This is Yeah, I mean I, I agree with you on that. Meadow is acceptable. I'll give you meadow. Meadow? No, meadow isn't no. Nope. Tree. Log. Tree? Um rock. All dumb. Sunshine. This is my daughter Sunshine. Stop it. Yeah. The only thing I have which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh, now that I look at it again, is uh people who only name their children something so they can tattoo it on themselves. 
I need an example. I've never heard of this. Like I know, I know a guy who him and his wife, they had to have all their kids' uh, names, and I think they have four of them, be six letters or less, so they each could get matching tattoos of their family crest and their children's names inside that crest on their ribcage. I'm going to go ahead. How many kids do they have? Four. Half of them will end up in jail. Well, I think one already is, so you're halfway there. So that's going to do it for this top ten. If you have any of the names that we mentioned, I'm sure that you are the exception. If you want to suggest some other names, contact us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have our website, profoundlypointless.com. want to remind everybody really quick, we still have that fantasy football contest going, and we're getting enough entries that we're going to start bumping up the prize amount. So it's at 50 bucks right now. It's moved up to 52 So keep them coming. And maybe you'll actually be able to recoup some of the losses if you have a really bad foot, football team. That's going to do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. If you can, like, download, subscribe. If there's any kind of interviews that you guys want us to do, somebody you'd really like to hear from, either a person or a lifestyle or anything like that, just let us know. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.